Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. In this one, I'm joined by a friend of mine uh, who is at the moment in the kitchen making a cup of tea. Well, making two cups of tea. We've been discussing the techniques uh, of doing it. Um, We've decided to go... Maybe for the first time for me, we've decided to go for the cocktail. And that means we're going to mix two different brands and different flavours, types of tea in the same pot. Okay. I've never done this before and I drink a lot of tea. Yeah. But Robert is American, as you've just heard, and he's a maverick. He doesn't play by the rules. He's like the character Maverick in, in, in Top Gun. You never know what he's going to do next. You think, okay, let's just have a cup of tea with Robert. Oh, no. And Robert's all kind of like, let's mix the tea bags. And then, you know, it's next thing you know, you're on some sort of wild adventure into the lands of cocktail tea. We'll be letting you know the standard of, of uh, this new tea recipe, which Robert has come up with. Um, the, the two teas which we're mixing, and it's going to be a very complicated mix because... I just bought from the supermarket a box of Twinings uh, green tea with mint and spices. Now, that's got at least three spices, and I don't know the name of them because they're written in French. But I think there's cinnamon and several other things. So that's already quite a complicated mix. Green tea, mint, and three types of spices. That's pretty much five things. And that's just one of the types of tea. And okay, and Robert has got already in the flat um, a box from Monoprix, which is a local supermarket. So we're we're mixing brands as well as different types of tea. And this is black tea. So we're mixing green tea and black tea together. You can't do that, can you? Madness. It's pure madness. It is, isn't it? It's it's got to be crazy. I don't think anyone's ever done this before. Mixed green tea and black tea. It's a revolution. But we'll tell you how it is while we're drinking it. And so this black tea has got a caramel flavour to it. This is the longest introduction I've ever had in my life. This is not the longest introduction. (laughs) Maybe the longest introduction you've ever had, but sometimes episodes of Luke's English Podcast are sort of 75% introduction, 25% actual content. Oh, okay. That's often the way way it works, okay? Um, So I'm still in in the process of introducing Robert here. He's kindly invited me over to his place where he's making tea and we're going to record a groundbreaking um, podcast for, for you to listen to. Pure madness. It's, and it's pure madness, apparently. That's, you're you're going to hear from Robert properly in due course when I finally get round to actually talking to him. Um, but um, let me just give you a little bit of background, a little bit of information about Robert. Now, his name is Robert Hain, and you've got to pronounce the name correctly. Otherwise, you'll be in a world of pain 
Or champagne. Or, or champagne, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if you're a lady and you pronounce the name wrong, mm-hmm. then that's just um, quite a nice introduction to the world of uh, Robert Hayne. So anyway, his name is Robert Hayne. He's been living here in Paris for a number of years. How many years now? Eleven. Eleven years he's been living here. He's originally from the United States of America. That's right, baby. He's from uh, Minnesota, I believe. Correct. We'll be, we'll be talking about that uh, properly in a few moments. Um, he is also the guy behind the amazing vi- uh, online video channel French Fried TV, which you can find if you visit my website. You can just find a link to it there. Otherwise, just go onto Google and type in French Fried TV, and you'll see all his videos there. They're very entertaining. And he's also the guy behind the French Fried Comedy Night, which is a comedy show, a stand-up comedy show in English in Paris at the moment, which takes place every Tuesday evening at a place called the Café Panam, uh, near Republique Metro Station. Um, so I think that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much my introduction. He's a full-time American, but now living in Paris. 110%. 110% American. Okay, so Robert, I'm going to now talk to you and ask you various um, questions. Robert's currently creeping across his apartment in order to check his mobile phone because he just received quite possibly a very important message. So I'm just padding now. I'm just padding, just sort of uh, continuing to talk. The intro is still going on, even though Robert is otherwise engaged. Okay, you're back now, aren't you? Okay, right. So let's go. Let's go and speak to, to Robert Hain, shall we? Um, let's move over to the, the counter area here in the kitchen. And we're going to we're going to uh, talk to Robert and ask him a few questions. I don't know why I'm speaking like this. Suddenly, I'm the presenter of a children's TV show from the 1980s. Uh, anyway, I'm here with Robert. He's an actual American. It's quite exciting. So, Robert, uh, how are you? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty good. Good. Um, what have you been doing today? Um, wow. I have uh, did quite a bit of work on the, the internet, uh, speaking with people like uh, my agent. Um, um, <clears throat> Wait, you have an agent? I have a voiceover agent because I do voiceover jobs. Wow. Speaking in English. That's brilliant. The, uh, the American English. Yeah. Not the Queens. <laughs> and wait, wait, wait a minute. You've got to tell us about the voiceover work. What kind of voiceovers do you do? I do stuff, everything you can imagine uh, that has to do with commercials. Mm-hmm. I did Pure Power for L'Oreal. Okay. Expert. How did that go? Yesterday. It's, it's, the, it's the best job in the world. You go in, you say a couple of lines of text. They say, can you, can you say that with a little bit more um, energy or slower? And you do it. And, they, uh, and then they give you um, later on, a couple months later, they'll give you a check for that. So okay. it's, it's pretty good work. Can you tell us exactly what you said? Can you repeat it? For I don't know. It's technic. Uh, yes, as long as you promise not to tell anyone. <laughs> um, it's uh, some something along the lines of: um, Are you sick of blackheads, oily spots, zits, bad skin? Well, we have the cure. And then it goes on to name the product, which I'm not going to name, okay. so you don't get sued. But now, actually, there's some good vocab in that. Are you? Are you? What is it? Are you tired of blackheads? Blackheads. What's a blackhead? Blackhead is a kind of, uh, well, in French, it's a bouton, like on your forehead, like, you know, it's... Uh, like a spot on your face? Yes, a blemish of the skin. Okay, a blackhead, specifically, those little spots which have blackheads. They're very ugly. 
Gross. Yeah. We get them on our faces sometimes. It's disgusting. Blackhead spots, of course, are just like you know red uh, little spots on your face. Not your face, Robert. Your your skin is beautifully clean. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and zits, <laughs> zits as well. A zit is another word for a spot. So there you go. You're learning vocab about the face and when the face goes wrong. Yeah, um, pizza face, as Sarah Donnelly calls it. Sarah Donnelly, our friend, refers to it rather unsympathetically as pizza face syndrome. No, just pizza face. Just pizza. Oh, that kid has total pizza face. <laughs> okay. Total pizza face as well. Yeah, to be completely grammatically incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Sarah has sort of license to do that because she's mentioned that she, she still has like the skin of a teenager, doesn't yes, she? Yes. So she's able to, you know, criticize the skin of others, especially when they have the face of a pizza. Um, right. So... Okay, that's brilliant. That voiceover work sounds amazing, and I would, I would love to do that myself. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, what a surprise! Can yeah. you can you help me? Can you uh, put me in touch with <laughs> some? Absolutely not. No, no, <laughs> it's your. <laughs> I'm the only guy in Paris right now, so okay. so no. Um, well, you know, once I have too much money, Luke, then totally, I'm going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> But no, actually, that's that's not true at all because you and I have totally different voices. So I would love to help you. Um, it's pretty easy, actually. If you want me to tell you my formula for doing that, I can, yes. I can break it down. Yes. You do ten character voices of cartoon characters, your favorite cartoon voices. You write down two minutes of text for them, yeah. or thirty seconds of text for each yeah. character. Yeah. Then you do ten different kinds of commercials, like yeah. publicity, like hard sell, soft sell, uh, medical research sell, yeah. a crazy. Uh, uh, we've got too many bobbles over here. Come buy bobbles now for only nine ninety nine. You know, and we do things like that. And so then you record them all, and then you pay a sound engineer a hundred euros, and he mixes them together. He adds like ding da ding ding and some bells and whistles. And I did that in two thousand and four, and I've never auditioned for a job since then. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. And you can uh, you can make some really good money because sometimes those little jobs that I did yesterday, for example, they become big jobs, yeah. meaning they get diffused all over the world. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, I don't want to steal any of your work, and I'll, I'll probably just stick to British accents, if that's... Uh... Well, your American accents are very good, oh, especially, really? especially Christopher Walken, and then your Batman is pretty good. Just Batman is it's not that hard, you just sort of just, just make your voice very low. I'm Batman. Yeah. Like that. It's fun. Anyone could do that, really. Yeah, I'm more of a joker, kind of. Yeah? Can you do the joker? No, I just lick my lips a lot. Yeah. So that's all I... That's what that performance was, really, wasn't it? It was Heath Ledger just licking his lips. Robert, am I the first person to say that you look a little bit like Heath Ledger? Uh, no, no. Ladies walk up to me on the street all the time. They confuse me with him until he died. You know, <laughs> that, was, that was the last day I, I actually spoke with a girl. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you can imagine that I'm here with Heath Ledger, yes, the Joker himself. He looks exactly like him. It's amazing. Without, without all the hours of makeup. Except all the makeup. But Heath Ledger on a, on a day off. That's what, that's what uh, I've got in front of me right now. And uh, I think it's time to ask, uh, ask you a few questions, Robert. Um, I'd like to ask you a question first. Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, who do you think you are? <laughs> I think I'm Luke from Luke's English Podcast. Okay, good enough. Uh, good is answer. That, is, that, uh, is that acceptable? I believe response? it's correct. Yeah? I don't know if it's acceptable. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, 
that question, who do you think you are, has got several meanings to it, hasn't it? Which one were you aiming for when you asked me? I think it was open to interpretations. Really? And so uh, you, you did the best you could with the uh, material you had, I think. Yeah, well, I, hope, I hope so. I, I think I'm Luke Thompson from Luke's English Podcast. And um, when it comes to the actual, the more existential question of like, who am I really? Well, I think I can be anyone I want to be, as long as it complies with the law. Did you ever read Nietzsche? Uh, no, I didn't, but I've, I know about some of the things he said. Nietzsche, Nietzsche was a philosopher, wasn't he? He was a philosopher, yeah. and apparently people, young people, sometimes they go on, um, they have periods where they choose not to speak at uh -huh. all. Like yeah. they, they, well, they choose to be silent. But mm -hmm. I don't know why. And I, I was hoping maybe, because you seem pretty educated. And uh, so I was curious if you knew well, why people who read Nietzsche decide that they don't want to speak. Oh, you mean that these sort of, um, uh, these like nihilists, for example, who, who become sort of maybe existential sort of philosophers who actually make a conscious decision to, to, to stop talking. Correct. And then there was Driving Miss Daisy. I don't, not Driving Miss, uh, little, little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine, the movie, the movie, yes. There's a character in it who stops talking. Right. And then yeah. I met someone yesterday who told me they did the same thing because they saw Nietzsche. And I didn't know if uh, she was lying or uh, confusing herself with the character in Little Miss Sunshine or if she, uh, <laughs> if she actually had done the exact same thing as that guy. I haven't read a lot of Nietzsche, so I don't know exactly. Um, oh, Nietzsche. Okay. Nietzsche, right. that's how I pronounce it. All right. All I right. think that there are many options for that. I haven't read a lot of Nietzsche, so I don't know exactly what he said, but maybe it's something to do with, you know, just why bother? I think maybe that, that might be the philosophy. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Well, yeah. thank you for asking your question, answering the question. That's, anyway. that's, that's fine. If, if you want to ask any questions at any point, feel free. Okay. All right. Thank maybe, you. maybe we can sort of bounce questions off each other, uh, or maybe not. Maybe I can just interview you. I, I, well, okay. I appreciate your, your being open to my questions as well. And, and I, I've asked my question now. Uh, now I feel it's your turn. Okay. To, uh, it's my turn. So the question, I'm sure you've, you've been asked this lots of times, but why did you move to Paris then? Um, <clears throat> I originally came to Paris in 2002 to uh, continue my theater studies. Uh, I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts for a little while, and I wow. also went to Boston University uh, to study acting. And um, when I got to Paris, the idea was that I would study Comedy dell'arte, which is the origins of theater. Yeah. And, uh, well, in the Occidental world, anyway. In and, the um, Occidental world, that's the West, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's all the Occidentes, Occidentals. Yeah. Occidentaux. That, you're speaking French to me now. Right. Uh, I just thought I could fake it and sound Latin. <laughs> okay, so... West, uh, Western world. The right, world. right. Well, but I, I mean that there was Greek theater and um, the Romans before that. There uh -huh. were, you know, they did their drama. But Yeah, um, yeah Greek theater is the origin of comedy, isn't it? Um, yeah. If, isn't, isn't if it? I, I don't remember <laughs> any really laughing at any Greek uh, theater study class that I took. Really? Um I remember, like, Antigone. That was a pretty funny one. What uh, happens in Antigone? Um, well, it's Oedipus. Oedipus her dad's Oedipus, you know? Oedipus is um, from the Greek myth about the guy who falls in love with his mother and wants right. to kill his father. Well, he did kill his father, and then he 
uh, well, he made love with his mom and he was felt so bad about the whole thing that he poked <laughs> out his eyes. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, comedy so, gold. Right. So the Greeks did invent comedy, um, <laughs> as you mentioned. That's the only one I remember. And then after that, uh, anyway, so I came to Paris to study <laughs> comedy dell'arte, which uh, I believe started in Italy. And it's uh-huh. six principal characters. You know what it is? No, but, I don't know. So what it's is. you've got the young uh, female, the the young hero, uh, the old guy who can be the general, who can also be the old wise man. Uh, then you've got the father character. You've always got a clown character, so yeah. that these six or seven characters could do <clears throat> every piece of theater. Mm. Uh, and sometimes they were young troops, and they would go around. Anyway, uh, that transformed into Marcel Marceau. Uh, it was a mime, a mime artist, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. But yeah. he got his origins are from Comedie dell'arte, which uh-huh. used a lot of masks yeah. and a lot of pantomime to tell stories. Uh-huh. And I wanted to go deeper into that. And there's a school here called the Jacques Cox School. Uh huh. Yeah, he's and, a famous clown. Correct, uh, like Marcel Marceau. Yes. So I got here, and then I found out that the school cost six thousand euros a year. Wow. That he was dead. Um, Jack Jack was dead or he is dead Jack Lecoq he's passed away all of his students have left there and now the school has become kind of a sausage factory for pumping out clowns yeah I uh, I was working in, as a dishwasher without papers at the time. Yes, um, the illegally, pa- illegally under the table in black, as they say, you get paid in black. Yeah, um, and uh, I was making seven, uh, 49 francs an hour. But this is back in the day when they had francs. Forty-nine francs is about five pounds an hour, isn't it? Uh, I would say seven euros. Yeah, it's about five pounds. Okay, not very much. It's not very much, but um, you know, I was happy just to survive. Yeah, and uh, that's that's how I got started, and uh, so I didn't go to school on my yeah. limited budget. Yeah, and uh, I just because uh, I'm already kind of a clown, you know. So yeah, I don't. Whatever, man. Okay, so you started as an actor. And uh, uh, so you, you started really as an actor and you came to France in order to train as um, a sort of theatre performer. A deeper actor. A deeper actor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, all right. So, so now, um, so it's been 11 years then since you arrived. So what, um, let, let me ask you what you're doing now then, you know, what, what do you tend to do? What's okay. Your- well, I'm still a clown. Yeah, what, professionally? Professionally. I do stand-up comedy every Tuesday night at the Pan Am Art Cafe, which you mentioned earlier, Yeah. Uh, which is um, uh, 14 Fontaine-au-Roi, dans le 11e, the 11th, arrondissement of Paris. Yeah. Uh, so that's a plug for the show. To yeah. come if you're in Paris, or it's a good reason to come to Paris, because didn't, and you hosted that show. Yes, Twice, I, I've, officially twice. I've, I've hosted it several times, and the last one, we had two listeners to Luke's English podcast who'd come. They they had from the Czech Republic. They'd come from the Czech Republic to London, and they had like a little holiday in England, and then they came back to the Czech Republic. Well, they made a trip to Paris. You have your own pilgrims, man. I've got my own. I prefer to consider them to be like a kind of a sect. 
or a cult. Before you die, you have to make the trip to see Luke Thompson doing stand-up comedy at French Fried Comedy. Night. Once every year, yeah. you have to do a pilgrimage. <laughs> or at least, and, and or at least once in your lifetime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In September. Certain, you know, <laughs> you, you should try to make the trip once a year. But you know you can be allowed to you can be allowed to stay at home if you have certain circumstances. Um, once a year, if you don't live in Europe. Otherwise, it's once a semester, a trimester. Uh, so that's what once every three years, once every three, three months. months, months. Yeah. Okay. Every, I hope that every hope, season. I hope that everyone is following this uh, on the podcast. Uh, okay. okay get, open your computers, all you listeners at home. Get out your eye calendars and mark down Tuesdays in Paris. Luke Thompson. It'll be on the site. You know. Yeah. Write okay. it down. Okay. So yeah, we had two people from the Czech Republic. They came to the show. Mm. Um, sort of mainly, they came to Paris for the show. Amazing. Which is just brilliant, isn't it? And they got all kinds of free stuff. I mean, we like hung out after the show. Those guys were so fun. <laughs> well, you say that we hung out after the show, but I actually That's I, not true. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to go and say hello to them because I was downstairs doing you know stuff, and then afterwards I went upstairs to sort of say hello to them, and they'd gone. I don't know where they went. So anyway, if you're listening to this, Czech you, Republic people, we love you. We love you, and thanks very much for coming. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, so. All right, so when you first moved here to, to Paris uh, 11 years ago, what was it like at the beginning? Well, they had the franc. Uh, you could smoke everywhere. I got off the plane the first day, yeah. and where you pick up at the baggage carousel, yeah. people were smoking at the baggage carousel <laughs> inside the airport. So I joined them. I was like, I had left Los Angeles after 9-11, uh, after they had made cigarettes illegal, basically, you can't smoke anywhere in that country. It's a country of fascists now um, when it comes to smoking. And um, <clears throat> you can hear that I still smoke in my voice there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, I remember smoking uh, in the airport. That was awesome. Uh, that's what you used to be able to do in Paris. Yeah, it's not the same anymore. Uh, no. The days of Café Noir, sitting for hours in a in a cafe, smoky cafe, uh, with a hat over your hat, one of your eye tilted just yeah. to, to the side. Yeah. The romance is kind of dead. You think uh, the smoking was was the key to the romance of Paris? Um, well, it, uh, it helped. It was kind of like beer goggles, I guess. Smoking goggles. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are beer goggles? <laughs> you need to explain. Oh that. right, the vocabulary. Yes. Uh, lesson number two. Uh, beer goggles is when you have too much beer and mm -hmm. it affects your vision mm -hmm. in such a way where uh, your eyes, it's like you're wearing goggles, like swimming goggles. It's kind of mm -hmm. like the fisheye effect maybe. Yeah. And girls who might not necessarily be as attractive when you're sober yeah. become much more appealing to you. So if you've got beer goggles on, it means it makes all the girls look really attractive. Well, when in reality, yeah. without the goggles, they might... Uh, be less inspiring than you thought originally. Yeah. Yes. French girls are pretty hot though. Yeah. I gotta say. Yeah. Just yeah. in general. I, I have to agree with that. I mean, I don't mean, not like necessarily just like Victoria's Secret or Vogue face model hot, yeah. but just yeah. like classy, sexy girls, you know, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're very, French girls. Yeah, well, they're, they're kind of famous, I think, the, the French. For being sexy? For being sexy, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a guy from Minnesota, or maybe not, an American, went around to examine all of the healthcare systems in all of the world. Yes, is this true? It's a true story. So wait, wait a minute, an, an American guy 
examined all the healthcare systems in the world. Kind of. Well, to, I don't to, know if he got around to all of them, but he was doing a 10-year study. And, and in order to decide which is the best healthcare system available. Came to France. Yeah. Noticed that Viagra was not available mm. uh, on the French healthcare, free French healthcare system. Yeah. And when, um, uh, when he asked the female uh, French health a representative, yeah. why? She said, uh, the Frenchmen do not need Viagra. <laughs> okay. There you go. It's all part of the... Uh, it's just an aside. It's yeah. a little... Wow. Okay, I feel like I've taken us away from the... No, no, that's very good. That, that okay. demonstrates kind of part of this international reputation that the French have for being uh, a bit sexy. Super sexy. Okay. Let's just go all the way with that. All right. So, so at first it was awesome because you could smoke and the girls were hot. <laughs> that's, that's, um, yeah. And um, but was it was it very different um, to life in the U.S.? Did you experience culture mm. shock? Wow, what a question! <clears throat> no, I think it was very delayed the culture shock for me. I was able to get by under the radar. I wasn't really on the grid, if yeah. you will. I was off the grid. Well, and sort of so in legal terms, certainly. You weren't registered. Legally, but, you know, then after after six months, that's all over. Um, then I left for a couple months, came back, and made a baby. You did? Yes, I made a baby. How did you make a baby, Robert? Um, I've got some pictures on my computer. <laughs> no, it's all right. Here. It's all right. Um... But, um, yeah, you need the password. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I made a baby, and I've got a son here in Paris. And uh, that's the principal occupation that I have now is being a, a dad. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. So along the way, yeah, there's a lot of culture shock difference between a uh, huge difference in the customer service drives the country, I think. Customer in service. Customer service. It's kind of a basic, basic thing. If you think about from the morning to the night, you're dependent upon customer service. If you go to the bar and you get a cafe in the morning and then mm -hmm. you... You go to the store to buy some stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you're always dealing with people and it's part of natural social relations that you have with people. Um, personal space, the distance between what's acceptable yeah. in America and in France are much different. Let me guess, in France they have uh, like less personal space. Is that right? I find, people, I find, bump, people bump into each other more on the metro. Do you know what a face talker is? Um, I, I can imagine what a face talk. Someone is. who gets in your face when you're talking very close. They, like, they stand far too close and talk, talk right into your face. The proximity is very small. It's so, in a immediate proximity. So this, this is the French. You get a lot of face talkers in France, do you? The image that sticks in my mind is having to take the metro yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and being just people touching me. I'm not really. I don't really <laughs> like that. And it's, you know, it's old people, it's sick people, it's, it's not, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying everybody walking around is old and sick, but <laughs> in the metro, sometimes it feels that way, and you're the just like... <sighs> the metro can be pretty, pretty disgusting at times. The, some of the lines on the metro in Paris are great. They're like all new, air-conditioned, fantastic, but some of them are a bit small and a bit sort of... This uh, is the city of lights. Luke, yes. the city of Lumiere inspiration, the cultural birth, the renaissance of Europe, if not the world, 
and they have not figured out how to illuminate the smell out of, of urine out of the metro. I don't understand. You can wash everything else, but it's just to me the most disgusting place in the world. So now I've evolved. I've evolved, yeah. and now I drive a motorcycle. Okay, that's the. So you've left the metro. You don't use it anymore. I I have abandoned public transportation in general. Yeah. I, uh, if you spend a hundred euros a month, how much is a metro pass cost? Thirty-five oh, euros. Yeah, fifty. Mm. I spend twenty euros on a tank of gas for my motorcycle, and it'll last me three weeks. Really? And I don't have nobody touches me. I mean, I could die in a, a crazy car vehicle accident, you know. But at least no one's going to touch you. And you don't have to smell urine. That's the, that's <laughs> well, no, you still get that everywhere in Paris. Even driving. Yeah, you get that everywhere. But yeah, you, you go by it much faster. Can I tell you a little story of something I saw on the metro yesterday? Please do. Now, I was, I was waiting with my girlfriend in the station. There was like a homeless guy there, of course, because there usually is. Right. But this guy was like scrabbling around on the floor. A girl? A guy. Guy. Really not very healthy looking man. Right. was crawling around on the floor, sort of, whoops. He was kind of cutting something up or collecting bits of something from the floor. Couldn't really see what he was doing. Well, and, it's, bad. and I thought, what is he doing down there? He seemed to be crushing something or collecting or cutting with a, with a little razor blade, right? On and the ground. On the floor of the metro on the platform. And so we kind of, you know, avoided him. But then we got on the train and he got on the same carriage and he sat down just opposite us. And he had a little magazine there. And the stuff that he was cutting up, I'm pretty sure it was crack, right? Awesome. I'm sure that we just had. And there were like families there in the car, like two kids sitting right next to us. And there was this guy, this greasy homeless man, just cutting up some rocks of crack and stuffing them into the end of this little glass pipe. No. He and he was like stuffing them in. And he had his bits of crack there. And he was completely focused on that. You know, nothing else going on uh, as far as he was concerned. Yeah. It was just him and his crack and his pipe. And he, 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 the train arrived at the next station and he got off. We never actually saw him doing it. He didn't it. smoke on he the train? He didn't smoke it on the train, thank goodness. I got in a fight with a guy on the train for smoking one time. Yeah, really? I got another, not me. I wasn't smoking. Yeah. Some dude was. Yeah. So, okay. Crazy. That's crazy. Crack. Yeah. But I don't want to make everyone believe that there's crackheads all over the place. Because yeah, I've is. never, ever seen that before. Have you ever seen that in Paris? People smoking? I've seen kids rolling. I've seen, yeah, I saw so much crap in the metro in two, <laughs> three. Yeah, it was four years before I got a <clears throat> scooter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hate the metro, man. It is just, I, yeah, be careful. I don't, I don't want, I mean, you got to use it and it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, yeah. but even Moscow has a better freaking train system. And <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's really, mm. there's people who who live underground in Paris. Yeah. That's kind of. Yeah, a lot of homeless people. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to give Paris a bad name. <laughs> it is a fantastic place. I've never seen that before. Uh, it's not like you see that every day, but it was pretty shocking. I'd never seen, I don't think I've ever seen crack before. And actually looking at him, I thought, well, there's only one thing. That, that is these little rocks that he had. Do you need somebody's number? No, no, no way. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, it can be pretty different. Culture shock uh, does exist. Have you have you travelled around Europe? Have you been to London? Oh yeah, I've been. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I went to, I mentioned I went to RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic That's Arts. That's right, yeah. Studied Shakespeare, went to the old, the new Old Globe and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was London? I worked in Camden Market for a uh, two-article-of-clothing for five-pound store. Oh, yeah. It's, it left that, there was a huge fire there, apparently, and that place Near the going. market, yeah, there was. Not, it wasn't. It wasn't in the market. The fire. I think it was near the market okay. or something. Well, I don't know. Sure. I, I'm. I, it was in '97. So. Oh, okay. So I'm old. Wow, that's a, that's a while ago. What did you think of London? Sucks. <laughs> really? Sucks. <laughs> Hated it. Really? If it wasn't for the people, the weather, the transportation, the food. Um, it would have been pretty cool. And the showers at the Queen Queen Mary's dorm. The Queen is there a university college of Queen, Queen Mary? Mary? Yeah, something like yeah, that. I yeah. stayed in the dorms of that place, and yeah. that was just that's the reason they invented shower shoes, man. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but the Indian food was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, that was really good idea yeah. you guys had invading that place. <laughs> that was good, and well, I think it worked out well for you guys in the end too. Also, all of the other colonization you guys have done mm. working really good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we worked hard back in the sort of eighteenth, nineteenth centuries to try and take over as many countries in the world as possible. Did and you get excited? I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did you, are you excited about the, the child? The royal the, baby? Not, not really. No. I, I find it sort of vaguely interesting, but no, I'm not that excited. To be honest, it's kind of annoying because it just means that there's going to be even more baby pictures on Facebook that I have to ignore now. You know? Right. Um, but, um, you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think it's all right. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> no, I am. I don't mind watching. I don't mind seeing pictures of kids on Facebook. Um, but um, let's see the royal baby. I mean, it's fine for them. Um, it's quite interesting that this kid could end up being the king one day. That's kind of vaguely interesting. But I'm not that excited. About so you it. want to hang out with them a little bit, but you know, you don't have any expectations. Like I'm not planning on, you know, I don't I, know. I don't, I'm not going to like go to Buckingham Palace to like, you know, wave the flag and have a party and all that kind of thing. Mm. No, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. You but do. I find it interesting to, to sort of look at the way the media deals with it, the way that people are fascinated by it, and the fact that it does seem to have some kind of impact on, on life in England. The fact that there's a royal family makes a difference to the place. Something, something. Yeah, it's really big. It's it's super important, like in science fiction movies too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think in like uh, Star Wars, the yes. royal family is pretty important. Is there a, is there a royal family? Well, on a lot of planets, you know, they've yeah. got kings and stuff like that. Well, there's Naboo. Yeah, right. um, mm -hmm. Queen Amidala. Right, right. right. Um, I keep thinking about the little business Jewish business kind of guys who fly around. Um, you mean <laughs> where <laughs> the little Jewish business guy? Oh, okay. okay. You yeah. mean Jawas? Uh, is he the one who owned? Um, he owned. He owned. Uh, not Anakin. Yeah, oh, he oh, owned Anakin. Yeah, he owned Anakin and Anakin's at, mother. At the You're talking he, about. I think his name's Watto, and okay. he lives on Tatooine, and he's like a, a sort of businessman trader who right, flies right. around, and he sort of speaks a bit like this. You want to take the right, hint? Right, he's got a. a Brooklyn Jewish bookie accent, yes. or like uh, a jeweler from Brooklyn. And he's accent. got a sort of very long nose as okay, well. Okay, so What's I have this. I don't think it's just me, right? This has been talked about before. Yes, like they all all the different characters represent a different ethnic group, right? Yes, in those. 
This is a criticism which has been levelled at George Lucas and the more recent Star Wars films. The idea that the characterizations of a lot of the creatures and monsters is in fact very unimaginative and that they all really just represent some kind of ethnic group. So if you've got the Gungans from, I don't know which planet, Gunga or whatever it is, the Gungans, these sort of like sort of lizard frog kind of people, uh, like like Jar Jar Binks. Right. And they are basically sort of like, I don't know, is it Caribbean, African sort of... Kind sort of Creole. Of, yeah. Misa, Misa, very angry. You know, that kind of thing. Sounds, yeah. And they, they're just... Caribbean, yeah. Yeah, really, really uh, reductive kind of ethnic uh, stereotypes, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's the two businessmen on the big spaceship at the beginning of the first film who sort of speak a little like Japanese, this. Yeah. And they're so Japanese, you know. But you know who was Japanese before them? Yoda? No. Uh, he's not aware of think Well, he's kind of Confucius. I would say yeah. kind of like that. You met not... I'm not against the fact that he could be Japanese. Yeah. But I was also thinking of the kind of dudes who have like a fish face who who are It's a trap. The um ge- yeah. uh, general what's his name? Um yeah, the guy who looks like a fish. Right. Yeah. He's saying that that's uh you know sort of racist kind of image. I don't know. I just I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how we got started on this. Uh, we well, just they talk- eat a lot of fish, sushi. What not? Uh, yeah, here we go. True, they are obsessed with fish there over there. There's your, there's your. You know, you know, you know. In Japan, um, uh, what's interesting is uh, normally when you go to an aquarium and you look at the fish swimming around, you go, "Oh wow, look at that! Look at that beautiful fish." They don't do that in Japan. In Japan, they look at the fish swimming around in the in the aquarium and they go, "Mmm, that fish looks delicious." They do. They're like, "Ah, oh, oishiso," meaning that oh, it looks delicious, doesn't it? Isn't that funny? I, I kind of do that with girls. <laughs> Sorry, you really? that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right, don't you can yeah, cut that out. Okay, yeah. I or, might or, edit that out, but I always <laughs> say, oh, I'll edit out, that out, and then I never actually do. Um, okay, so you're American, Robert. You're as you said earlier, hundred ten, hundred and ten percent American. Amen. And you're from Minnesota. So whereabouts okay. is Minnesota? In it's exactly in the middle of the continent. Right I'm from the middle of the middle. Like if you look at Alaska and Texas. Yeah. And you draw a line, and then you draw a line from, well, let's say uh, Greenland yes. to California, yeah. directly in the middle, by the Great Lakes, in the center of the universe, <laughs> is Hugo, Minnesota. Okay, so you're right in the middle of America, basically, yeah? I, yeah, the, it's for some reason called the Midwest. Yes. But it is the middle of the middle. Not the middle of the country, the middle of the continent. Does that make you a kind of cowboy type of guy? Um, so now that I'm on a motorcycle, yeah, I think I'm finding these cowboy roots that you speak of. Yeah. I wouldn't call them cowboy because that would represent or, or give the impression that I have some sort of uh, capacity with a horse, mm-hmm. um, which is, would be completely false. Mm. But I am a redneck. I do have some redneck roots. Right. Now, what's a redneck? Okay. A redneck is basically, or do you want the French version? I want the English version. The English version. A redneck is someone who, uh, back in the day, used to play the banjo. And, Mm -hmm. uh, well, the technical meaning of redneck, it comes from a guy who would work outside and his neck uh, gets red from working outside. So he's he's a farmer... Um, the stereotype is that it's a kind of farmer rodeo hand, mm-hmm. ranch hand, 
Um, guy who works outside gets a sunburned neck. Yeah. Maybe not the most intelligent guy. Not that he's stupid, but he just hasn't been exposed to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Innocent, happy, like a shepherd, like a simple, humble shepherd. So if, if, if I met a redneck, right, yeah, and right. me as Luke from Luke's English Podcast, if I met a redneck. You should really be careful. What, what would they say? Can you do it? Can you, do the, can you be a redneck and let's have a conversation? Uh, could you, I can could give you do it a try. Yeah, yeah, I can talk to you like if you want. You so, so let's say I've just know. arrived. I, I'm, I'm, there's a ranch there and I'm trying to find... Why are you talking like that? Um, well, I was just wondering if you. Why could... are you trying to be so uh, yippity dippity? Well, um, I was just wondering if you could help me find the center of town. Are you lost? Yeah, you're not from around here, are you? I'm not. No, I'm. I'm, I'm actually from England. So I'm, I'm, I'm just. Why you're really lost, aren't you? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you could help. England, me. how do you guys feel about that uh, losing uh, losing unto us in the war? Oh well, that's 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 a long time ago now. You know, it's, oh yeah, it's all water under the bridge still hurts. Huh? You're in denial. Um, Sounds like you're in denial. Well, no, I think we've dealt with it okay. It's fine. We, you know, uh, sure, yeah, say whatever you want. So, what can I do you for? Um, <clears throat> well, if it's not too much trouble, I was just wondering if you could just point us in the right direction for the the, the center of town. We're staying near. What do you want to go there for? Well, we're just looking for a hotel for the for there the night. There ain't nothing there for you. <laughs> there's nothing there but there ain't there, nothing there for you um, is what I mean to say I mean there's there's no there's no hostel or, or anywhere to stay yeah probably not you might want to keep on going down to Iowa or Chicago they like foreigners like you but um we're, it's there's not really enough time the, the sun's going down we were hoping to stay here for the evening uh, is there a restaurant in town sure outside of town you'll find something when you're on your road to go away <laughs> Um, and voila, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. End scene. All okay, right. so so if I met a, a redneck, they'd probably be a bit distrustful, a bit sort of uh, slightly um, wary of, of strangers. Well, if you've seen the American media, yes, the general public in America has a lot to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, English people. <laughs> right, right. We're dangerous. <laughs> you are dangerous, and you've got a lot of terrorism over there on the buses and stuff. And you don't want—we don't want you bringing that over to our country. Because that's how it would work, right? We would uh, come over on holiday, and we'd like, <laughs> "What's this in your bag? It's a terrorist!" <laughs> yeah, leaving trash <laughs> just <laughs> along the way, littering our streets. Yeah. So, how does it actually feel to be a real American man? I mean, what's it like from the inside? What's it like to be American? It's one of the greatest things that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> really? Yeah. But um, all right, I, f- I find on. it fundamentally, I've been blessed. Like, I know that there's, I don't know, I'm aware of the fact that there's a lot of suffering in the world. Mm. And I feel like I've really got everything going for me. There's not... There's not one thing holding me back from having complete and total success and domination uh, and world control someday. But what about... Um, Other than economic difficulties. Yeah, obviously America's yeah. having some economic problems. No, I mean me. I don't have any money to take over the world with. I see. So yeah, I'm you like, do need money to, to be able to do that. A little bit. Uh, or, a, or a successful podcast. Right. Because um, that's my grand plan. Luke's English podcast, to be specific. Exactly. Um so, so you really feel there's nothing holding you back as an American? Don't you think that maybe sort of the attitudes of the rest of the world towards your, your great nation yeah, could a lot be a stumbling people, block? A lot of people don't like America. I think it's changed a lot since Obama. 
um, uh, became president. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that we just do not fucking care. <laughs> we do not care at all what anybody thinks. Uh-huh. We know that we could can completely dominate everyone, yeah. and if someone pisses us off too much, smart bomb, boom. <laughs> End of problem. But you know, this exact, exactly this attitude is the one that can give Americans, you know, a slightly bad reputation abroad. This kind of gung, oh, yeah. gung-ho, yeah. if you don't agree with us, we're going to nuke you kind well, of that attitude. Would, that, would, that would be ridiculous because we don't need to damage the our new sovereign country. Like, you guys did pretty good taking over with... Uh, the inventions of like gunpowder and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I think that was the Chinese gunpowder. I didn't say you did it. I'm saying <laughs> you used it. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah. And you were just, you know, sorry, you were just, you, yeah, you didn't, you did it. Yeah, um, we, we utilized it uh, to great effect. No, no, economics, that's how you control other countries. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I think globally, now, Saying this, I, if I understand correctly, we've closed seven embassies in the, in the world. You've, you've closed seven, seven embassies in the world. Around yes. the world in the last... Because America week. is so afraid of some attacks to their embassies in, in different parts of the world, particularly the kind of the Arab-speaking areas. Go figure. Um, what's going on there? Is that a genuine threat or is this just one of these things that they do sometimes to kind of raise the general feeling of threat because it's difficult to tell often you get these terrorist alerts don't you and they have an amber alert and a kind of you know different, no. different types of alerts amber, no amber alert what's amber alert <laughs> <laughs> what have I an amber alert is when a child has been kidnapped yes how do you know about these things are you working for the government you did say that you'd no, been contacted no by there was a girl who was kidnapped when she was a child and she in California I think and they made a law that's that collaborated. If it's not Homeland Security, it's the FBI, the CIA, and local intelligence agencies coordinate to try and find a missing girl. And it's an Amber Alert. So okay. if a child gets, uh, there's an Amber Alert for this or this child. I see. Anyway, Amber is a color, and there might be some kind of Amber Alert. I thought they were like different levels of alert. I believe amber it's orange or red. Okay. Um, I believe those are the colors or green. Um, Defcon Five. Have you ever gone to Defcon Def Five? Con 5? I go to Defcon Five all the time. They do very good sandwiches. Okay. Um, Defcon Five is a, some sort of warning from the movie War Games with Matthew. Broderick. Thank you very much. Wow. Good. Man. Check out my knowledge of TV movies. Excellent. It's a great film that one. War Games, Matthew Broderick, nineteen eighty four. Check it out. It's uh, it's quite good. Are you serious to know what year that was? I'm guessing it's 1984. Are you okay? Circa. Yeah, around approximately 1984. Can I pour myself another cup of tea? Yeah, please please do. If there's any left, you can give some to me too. No problem. You're probably going to be able to hear the sound of cups on the table. It's just the way it goes. Oh, we didn't take the bags out. Oh, man. didn't take the bags out. This is going to be bitter. It's going to be very bitter. Zutalor. It's not. <clears throat> it's quite bitter. Oh, that's a strong taste. How would you review the tea then, Robert? Minty. I think you did an excellent job earlier. It's more minty than anything else. Yes, it's very minty. Now, I don't know about this because I have a friend who used to suck the tea bags after. Not to be, no pun intended, but he did used to do that. And 
Um, well, there are lots of strange people in the world, Robert. So. But he obviously liked that bitter taste. I mean, it, maybe there is black licorice, which is at its root very, very bitter. It's true. It's a cowboy kind of thing. Is it black really? licorice? Black licorice. Well, I don't know about sucking tea bags. I've never heard about that before. But I mean, um, you, could, you feel free to try it when I've gone. Maybe wow. you can just suck Next as many question. tea bags as you like in your own privacy. <laughs> it's up to you. The tea bag party: a hot cup of coffee from a proper copper coffee pot. Very impressive. Thank that? you. That's my only English phrase that I know. Um, we could we could talk maybe briefly about different accents. Um, you enjoy doing a British accent, don't you? <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> Pardon me. As I mentioned, that's the only accent that I know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, no, I can do Christopher Guest in Waiting for Guffman doing a Cockney accent. Now, Christopher Guest is an actor who's American, but he does a very good British accent. I thought he was English. He is actually, yeah, he is English. What? Yeah, but he's, he's lived most of his life in America, I think. Oh, so you, oh, so you just disqualify his roots <laughs> because he's lived in America? For, a- for some reason, I, I sort of see him as an American, but no, you're right, he's British. In fact, he's a lord. Lord Christopher Guest. No yeah. way! Yeah, way. Well, he's pretty awesome, so I can he's, see why he's that brilliant. happened. He's brilliant. He, he said uh, he's working on his Cockney accent, and you just take out all the H's. Yeah. So he's like, L-O-L-R-U. <laughs> That's pretty good. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. H's are often removed in a Cockney accent. L-O. How are you? Yeah, not how are you, but how Oi, are governor. you? All right, governor. All right, governor. All right. All right. Yeah. Also, the L sound... Um, is it? Yeah, L is pronounced more like a W sound. So I saw an interesting movie two yeah. days ago. Yeah. Cockneys versus zombies. Zombies. I've seen it. I enjoyed it as well. Um, the guy, like the, the older gentleman from... Yeah, Snatch. No, thank you, Harold. I'm sweet enough as it is. <laughs> that one? Yeah. Did you see... Was he known before that role? Yeah, he was in uh, a Guy Ritchie film called Snatch. He's the guy with the big oh, glasses. I was, yeah, yeah. That, that's, didn't I just call oh, before, that? Before, yeah, oh, thank yeah, you, yeah. Harold. I'm sweet enough as it is. Yeah, exactly. He um, he may have been, but I've never seen him before that film. Okay. He's very convincing as a Cockney gangster. That's right. How do you feel about Guy Ritchie divorcing Madonna? Now, I know it's not actuality. It's not current events, but I, I'm still kind of upset about the whole thing. To be honest, Robert, you, I think it was a good move. I think he did the right thing to, by divorcing her because she was a nightmare, wasn't she? And his movies would be improved a, a little bit since he uh, broke up with her. Did they? Yeah. What's he seen the new, new Sherlock Holmes movies? He's, he did them. They're pretty good. Did they, that was post-Madonna? That, I think it was post-Madonna. I think so. Um... And he did another one pre or um, while he was with Madonna called uh, Revolver. And it's one of the worst films ever. ever. It's terrible. I blame Madonna <laughs> for everything. All right. Okay, good. I just, I needed you to help me put some perspective on the whole event. Yeah. This is the end of a chapter and I know I'm getting to it a little late, but everything happens a little later in France. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're not very punctual. The movie Braveheart just came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Did you see it? I did, and that's like, that's why I'm growing out my hair. It's because I'm trying to get a job as an extra in the the second one, it's, which should be shooting shooting soon. Really? Yeah. What's going to happen in the second one? Uh, Is uh, this when they go to America? <laughs> no, you. Okay, so you're. We're laughing about this, but I come. My my family is from Scotland. Mm. Sir Robert Boyd. Yeah. Was not knighted. 
by Robert the Bruce. Right. In uh, 12... Uh, no. Just 12. 1298? Uh-huh. No, 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 no that's, not, that's not right, though. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know all my history of... He's the first one who existed. And then he helped. He was one of the good friends of Robert Wallace. Yes, Braveheart. Mel no, Gibson. My, yeah. Rob, yeah. So my ancestor got a lot of his lands because after Robert the Bruce beat Lionheart in, in the end, that's, I mean, that's where I come from, man. That's before I'm American. Yeah. I'm Braveheart. So you're basically Braveheart. That's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah. So you're, you, you're basically... Trapped in a cage called Paris. <laughs> so as as uh, William Wallace aka Braveheart how do you feel meeting me an English guy I'm the bad guy in that movie yeah which by the way has almost no basis in historical fact what are you talking about you know that don't you have you looked at Wikipedia what <laughs> a lot of Braveheart just is bullshit it is true you know they gave Robert Wallace the credit for killing that the Lord who who uh, gutted his wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Robert Wallace, remember the movie? He married yeah. this girl, a farm girl. When he he went, his he was uh, adopted by his uncle, came back. So I don't know if this part is true or not. Mm. Okay, but then he came back. He fell in love with this girl, and then um, uh, the lord of the area killed his wife. Yeah, because he was because one of his men was trying to rape her or whatever. All right, and then. Robert Boyd, who is, which is my mother's maiden name, yeah. her, uh, he went back, Robert Boyd went and killed the Lord. It wasn't Robert Wallace. In the movie. In the movie, Robert Mel, Wallace gets pregnant. Yeah. Okay. There's lots of things like that. I mean, I just wanted to set the record straight. Yeah. That it yeah. was my ancestor who killed the Lord, who okay. started the war. Yeah. Not so you, Mel your, your ancestors, your direct lineage ancestor killed English people in a war. Yeah. So, so how does it, how does it feel? You should being... be careful how you speak to me. That's what I think. <laughs> Watch yourself, Luke. What, what is it? This is would... sovereign territory. Robert's apartment in Paris is the only place that you're obliged to speak English. Okay. So. Uh-huh. Okay. What would it, what would it take for you to want to murder me? <laughs> uh, if you tried to usurp um, any women in, on the first <laughs> night of marriage, yeah, you, usurping is not the right word. What if I tried to take over your flat? <laughs> you would, you would definitely meet with the wrath of Robert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll remember not to do that. I would though. not react well to that. Yeah, I mean, unless you know, unless you asked first, and then you could totally chill out on my couch. <laughs> That's probably the better way of doing right, it. Right, yeah. No need for a big violent bloody conflict. Amicable match to foot. Yeah. Right. All right, that's good. Uh, a football game. You just said football match, didn't you? In French. Match to foot. I was, I did say that. Yeah. yeah. Do you play football? I do not. I was the goalie when I was younger. And uh, the year that I did that, we won. Yeah. But uh, since then, I was playing American football. All right. Yeah. American football. Can I just ask you a question? Why do you call it football? Because, come on, you should call it hand egg. Have you seen... Hand have egg. You, have you seen handball? Yes. European handball? That's is a is great, that popular in England? It's a great sport, but it's not popular in England now. I have never seen a bigger... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
N'importe quoi. It's just nonsense. A big it's, load of nonsense, you think? I, try not to use dirty or vulgar words. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So it's it, like, because you got one guy in sweatpants that are slightly too big. He looks like he should be a video gamer sitting at home. Yeah. And he just hopped up off the couch. He put down the chips and the soda because he's got to jump with his le- arms and legs out in the air, straight out in the air, because the ball's so small and the net's so big. It's just the most ridiculous. It seems like it's so easy to score points. But, you know, those guys, they somehow they arrive to block, and it's just a waste of my time and effort and air. It's a waste of air. Yeah. That's how I feel about that question. So, Robert, at the moment, is talking about the sport handball, which you may or may not be aware of. You know, we, because I'm trying to be a politician, actually. I'd like to run for a, a French political seat eventually. Really? really? Um, what's and, your, what's going to be your, your manifesto? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, because the, the reason that I think I'd be good at politics is that I know the secret. It's that... Whenever you get asked a question that you don't want to answer, yeah. you answer the question you wish you had been asked. Okay, let's try it. Let's practice it. Okay? All right. All right. So uh, which, what's, what's your position in the government? Which minister are you? I'm really glad you asked me that because I really think that um, the position of any government minister at okay. this point yeah. needs to put at the, at the front of our campaign headlines, they should be legalization of marijuana in Paris. But can we just go back to your original question, which was, um, which minister are you exactly? If you can just tell us that at the beginning of the interview. The just minister of awesomeness. The, the minister of awesomeness. Okay. So, um, surely the most pressing <laughs> health. Issue... I'm sorry. No. Can I answer that? I would like to be the minister of health. Okay. The minister. No, of... no. The minister of economy, because I believe in France is also the minister of sports. Okay, so you're the Minister of the Economy and Sports. Um, Wouldn't you say that the current economic situation in this country is unsustainable? What are you, as the Minister of Sport and Economics, going to do about it? Absolutely not. We've got some great... We've got some great podcasts lined up in the future, and we really think that uh, it's going to help out with um, visibility. Once we have this visibility, I really think that things are going to turn around. People are going to be a lot more positive about Luke's English podcast, and they're going to start sharing with their friends a little bit more. But... um and it's really this positive attitude. I mean, it's such a good question, Like, It's really this positive attitude that is going to make everything okay in the end. So if it's not okay... It's not the end. So you're suggesting that uh, just through, I think that's all I've got to say through, for today. Through, through developing you a positive attitude. Can you, can you just give us quickly um, uh, an indication of how exactly a positive attitude will uh, cancel out all of this debt which uh, the, the French government has built up? Sports, man. We have to do more sports. Yeah. If we do more sports, okay, it's pretty logical. If you water your plants, uh, Parisians aren't going to smell as much because the fresh CO2... Um, created by um, all of the breathing of these Parisians is going to make the plants grow a little bit faster. Uh And keeping those plants watered uh, is really the secret to uh, fiscal uh, responsibility and fiscal growth. I'm sorry, I don't see the connection between keeping a plant healthy and liquidity in the economy. Well, you see how Parisians smell a little bit. Yes. Right? Yes, uh, I guess so. (laughs) Um, I think we're getting sidetracked. Sidetracked a little bit. Um, okay, so that's how you would... We've lost our field conductor. That's how you would... You would uh, our through line. 
I failed that. I failed that. Did you really? I if think that I've, had been like the big... I think I'm just going to say the Minister of Sports from now Minister on. Minister of Sports. Okay, that's yeah. quite a good ministry. Instead of finance, because you have all these complicated questions like, yeah. how are you going to rebuild the economy and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. I, to be honest, Robert, I'm kind of fairly lost at this point okay. in the interview. You're not because alone. I think that we've taken maybe three sidetracks from the original track. So we may have done a 180. What we're going in the other direction. Well, we, were on my, we were on my introduction, the last thing I remember. Uh, we were making tea, weren't we? That, right, that's yes. that's it. I think we got through all sorts of things like, for example, uh, your experiences here, um, the differences between America and Paris, uh, what it really feels like to be an American, um, British accents and so on. You, Do you have prime rib in England? Um, we eat rib, but... No, um, prime rib. I don't think we have prime rib. No, because I, I had prime rib in the in the states. Yeah, I just got back from a month there, yeah. and it's delicious. Really? Yeah, and mm. I I don't know what it's called in French. I thought maybe. Oh no, I think we call it spare rib. Do you? Spare rib. It's the most succulent part of the. Yeah. And if you get, <clears throat> yeah, it's very spare rib. Okay. It's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, right. it gets between your teeth a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But that's saving it for later, man. Exactly. You just later on you can suck all the juice, the meat out of your own teeth. And then suck on a tea bag if you fancy it. Right, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Takes all kinds. I think we're probably nearly done here, Robert. So do you, do you want to ask me any questions? What's it all about, man? I think that um, mainly it's about listening to episodes of Luke's English Podcast. And I, I would agree with you. I think if you can do that regularly on a regular basis, as, as often as possible... What, what? Then uh, that's probably the first step to... The revolution. Cheerio. The revolution of the mind. Bob's your uncle. And Bob's your uncle. It's it's really a piece of cake. Let's play a little game where we have to talk using as many idioms as we can. All right? So just just try a and talk. A penny saved is a penny earned. A penny saved is a penny earned. That's right. Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? I did not. That was uh, Benjamin Franklin, I believe. Was that Benjamin Franklin? Who stole that from someone. He really coined that From expression. one of his slaves, I think. Really? Probably, yeah, he stole that material. He just pinched it. It's your. It's to you. Is it? It's my turn. Um, well, he, he had slaves, really. Um, as I expect they all bent over backwards to uh, <laughs> do their to their work for no money. Yeah. Oh, do is it? They've got to be coherent with the previous. They do. Idiom? Yeah. They, we have to hold down a meaningful conversation using idioms. Bent over backwards. It's really the idioms game. You see. Right. Okay. Um, or another another thing that could, that. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be hard. You would say that it would be a pain in my neck. It would be a pain in your neck. That's right, ultimately. But I think, um, um, I suppose, despite the fact that it might be a pain in your neck, I think eventually you'll probably just turn over a new leaf and, and start again, um, you know? Don't well, you it depends if that leaf is green or not, because as they say, it's always greener on the other side. The grass is greener on the other side, that's yeah. right. Um yeah, but um, the sunshine always shines brighter on the other side of the street. I think I've just made that one up. I don't think that really exists. So what do I do? I get a point? I, I think you know. get a point because I just, just made it up. Let's try something else. All right. right? Here we're going to have to build a meaningful uh, story or sentence, but we have one word each. Okay, we just have to continue the story just doing one word each. So I do a word, you do the next word, I do the word after that, and so on, Okay. Is that clear? How, when and we, we have to try and make it a meaningful story and we'll just stop when we feel like it. Here we go. Yeah. All right. You ready? I once went down the lonely old lane 
And then I, then I, uh, hid everything that I had on my mind. Oh, my. Yeah, my mind. You can have that. No. You hid everything you had on your mind. You get a point for that. I get a point for that. Okay, but I think the story doesn't mean anything. One day I went down the old. It's lonely... poetic. It's poetic. You got to give us. We don't have poetic license in this, or yeah, I guess oh, we're so. trying to make it trying logical make it for the fairly fairly meaningful. But at the moment, it's one once. I was thinking that I hid everything that I had in my mind. You know, like I kind of. Well, I was going to be vulgar at first, mm-hmm. um, but then you, the way it went, kind of just it became poetic. It was very yeah. beautiful. So you hid everything you had in your mind. Right. Do we need? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, after birth, <laughs> my <laughs> shoes were splashed with you and uh, which seemed at the time normal, but when I started looking green. In the mirror, I realized I had frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's stop there. (laughs) Frozen. I realized I had frozen. (laughs) <laughs> All right. There was a dramatic pause. Yeah, I realized I had frozen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, can I just, before we end this episode, I just want to ask you about learning languages, Robert. You've been here 11 years. You speak French very, very well. That's not true. You speak French, don't you? I communicate well. But you've seen, I've seen you on your videos speaking fluent French. It seems very impressive. Thank you. It's all a facade. Really? It's just fake? If you hang out with me and one other French person yeah. who likes to correct grammar, yeah, um, you will see me act like an immature child very, very quickly because I don't take criticism very well, especially okay. when it comes to French because I'm an immature child who uh, hates criticism mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to French, which I should have learned like the first week that I got here. Yeah. But since I didn't take proper grammar... Classes. Proper French classes. Yeah. My grammar is pitiful. What's the most difficult thing about French grammar? All would uh, making sentences. <laughs> 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 no, I, I. If I was good at grammar in English, I would be able to answer that question for you. But I'm afraid that I. Um, I'm not good at two languages now. I'm not even good at English. Can I ask you some English grammar questions? Oh, just to see yeah, where you are. Good. Let's go. Okay, all right. All right. I'm excited. It's I'm... always interesting to ask a native English speaker some questions about the grammar of his own language. Because you, you're, you're a teacher. I'm a teacher, so I know my stuff. Uh, and oh, all my listeners goodness. probably have been studying English. They probably know their stuff as well. So let's right. put the American guy on the spot with the English grammar oh, test. Oh, not an American. Okay, I'm just going to ask you to explain some common questions that uh, people ask me as an English teacher. Okay. What's the difference? Are you ready? What's the difference between... Um, okay, what's the difference between the present... Uh, the, the past simple tense, I went to the shops, and the present perfect tense, I have been to the shops? What's the difference? Between the past simple and the present... Past simple, I went to the shops, and present perfect, I've been to the shops. 
What's the difference? Because um, I see the, you know, I don't know the difference. In my language, we have, you know, past simple. Imagining if I'm French, for example, I might say, we don't have this present perfect form. What's, uh, what is, how is it used? How do you use the present perfect? I've eaten lunch or I've had two cups of tea. I've been to America. I feel so stupid. Um, I have no idea. To start out with, I'm going to answer this question by saying I don't know. Uh The second question is is that it has to do with the second. My second response is that it has to do with the tense, the other tense, the tense that you're speaking in, obviously. So if it's past simple, um, it's indicates time i think and that happened in the past obviously (laughs) (laughs) okay no no no, let me finish all right okay it's super simple the answer and you're no it's not super simple no it's okay okay so can i keep going yeah yeah, please do please do it's brilliant i want you're going to tell me the answer to this because you might be my tutor soon i might need to learn english again because the french has pushed the rest of it out of my brain all right all right um okay tell me the answer Pretty complicated, actually. Past simple is generally used to talk about sort of finished actions in a finished period of time. Okay? Exactly. So the period of time that you're speaking of has to do with why you're using one case or the other. Period of t- There's two aspects to it. There's the, the, the time period when the action happened, and then there's the action itself, right? So I went to the shops. Went is the action, right? Yes. Uh, it's considered to be a short action, not something that's sort of long it's meant to be short in fact you might take five minutes to do it but in we actually consider it in that sentence to be a sort of finished event and that's past simple past simple finished event in a finished time now present present perfect perfect now if you think about i have been to the shops when did the action happen in the past yeah exactly in the past but what's the sort of time period that we're referring to now yeah it's kind of now isn't it it's it's describing something about now so present perfect always has a connection between a past event could be finished or unfinished okay and now excellent and and so that's either that there's a a result that we experience now for example i've been to the shops and i've got all the shopping here with me now or it means i've been to the shops like this honey what are you talking about i've been shopping i've been shopping okay i went shopping I went shopping, what, yesterday? Last month? No, I have been sh- I've I've been I to the shops. I was not sleeping with her. I've been shopping. Ah, I've been shopping. That's present perfect continuous, which is used to refer to something that you... That's a longer action. Oh a longer course. action. You really do know your stuff, do you? Yeah, yeah, What's it? present imperfect? There is no present imperfect. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I speak, I think it's I think imperfect. that's what Americans speak, isn't it? Present <laughs> imperfect. Yeah. Um, that will be funny if the audience knows that imperfect doesn't exist. We hopefully got, they'll I, know. You have to play that to a group of English professors to see you if it works. So? Yeah. I'm an American. I speak only in present imperfect. <laughs> I only speak in the present, and even then, I'm not sure if it's correct or not. It's just imperfect. That's yeah, what I like to call it. Um, and let me ask you another question. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a really... I'm going to try and give you a really common and yet difficult to answer question. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, all right. Okay. Okay. It's, it's not so difficult. But what's the difference between um, I... Um, hmm. Let's see. I... Uh, 
I was arrested and the police arrested me. That's the passive form, yeah. uh, the active form. What's, what are the forms? Passive form is I was arrested. Yeah, that means that you form. haven't been convicted. So that, <laughs> it means the cops got nothing on you. And what about the police arrested me? Yeah, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> they arrested me because, because I did something wrong. And you're admitting that you've got or gotten arrested. In fact, they're both the same, really. Same meaning. It's just the not without the conviction. It's not the same. <laughs> so you're looking at this from a from a the legal point of view. Have you had some experience in this, Robert? Uh, no, but some friends of mine uh-huh. have had some legal experiences okay. that. Um, but me never convicted. Never convicted. So never you, convicted. They didn't manage so to convict. They arrested me. Yeah, really. But I haven't been arrested. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, very briefly, and the listeners probably know this, I was arrested is the passive form. It's just another way of saying uh, the police arrested me, right? It's just another way of doing it. But instead of putting the police at the beginning of the sentence, you emphasize you at the beginning of the sentence. So you change the order. You know what I mean? Um, if you put I at the beginning of the sentence, it's passive? Uh, yeah, but with the same meaning. If you have the police arrested me, and if you want to have the same meaning as that, but you want to put I at the beginning. Does that change a sentence from being aggressive or not aggressive? Um, a little bit, yeah. It does, in fact. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's, that's why French, being as complicated as it is, is the language of kings. Could be. Could be, yeah. Because they... They have a lot of those sorts of structures which allow them to impersonalize their sentences. Now, a redneck would call that bullshit. <laughs> but uh, the French call it politesse. Yes. Politeness. It's the same in English. We have diplomatic language or indirect language. And you've got um, uh, beans and bangers and mash. Bangs and mash as well. Right, no, not, sorry. Not exactly connected, but... Crap, so, basically. <laughs> well, how do Cockney say uh, just like BS? It's BS. It's bollocks, mate. Bollocks. That is a yeah. load of bollocks. But how, don't, don't they have some Cockney code for bollocks? Um, they probably have rhyming slang for something nonsense. But no, usually you just say, come on, mate, that's fucking bollocks. Isn't it? Bollocks, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's but, what I think about the polites. It's like, can you just... Just do it. You called me, so you're bothering me, man. Don't be like, désolé de vous déranger, you know. So you think that it would be... What about at, at an international conference, very sensitive matter, maybe about the future of Greenland, let's say, and you've got USA, Russia... Hey, didn't they go bankrupt? The Vikings That's went bankrupt? Iceland, isn't it? Oh, okay. What about Greenland? Yeah, you're right. Greenland is... Um, no, I know what it is. Mainly wilderness, as you know. It's mostly ice. Yeah. The, yeah, anyway. Ironically. Ha! Huh. And Iceland is mainly green. Sarcastically, too. Yeah. Um, so, imagine there's a big international conference. Very sensitive diplomatic issue. You've got delegates from Russia, Japan, the UK, America there. It's very sensitive. And they start talking to each other in very direct terms... What's going to happen? Nuclear Geddon is going to happen. Right, yeah. Right? right? So what they have to do is they say things like, uh, um, I don't know, what would they say? Who, so the French? All, all, all the nations when they're um, being I can't talk about this right now. It's summertime. <laughs> I have vacation. And then when we come back, we have a strike planned. So we'll talk to you about this in January. 
after yeah. the end of this fiscal year. And we will be 15 minutes late. Yeah, for that rendezvous. <laughs> so just so just so you know that you're not mad at us when we get here late. We're going to yeah. be we're going to be late. And then we will stand around kissing and drinking coffee for a good half hour before anything gets done. Yeah, yeah. And then, What's the rush? And then when the meeting does take place, we'll basically sit around just arguing about it, going round in circles without making any decisions. Culture shock. Yeah. yeah. These people don't know how to be on time for a rendezvous. So that's what's happened to me. I mean, if I had to sum up yeah. 11 years in Paris, yeah. I'm never on time. Yeah, okay. I'm always on schedule. Yes. Or do I get that wrong? I don't know. I think they're the same thing. I, I'm not sure. You're always I'm, ne- on- I'm never... A- I'm never on schedule, but I'm always on time. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand that. They sound like the same thing to me. Kind of. Yeah. It has to do with... It's actually <clears throat> Nas. Nas said that. Nas, the rapper. The rapper Nas. Yeah. I'm yeah. down with Nas. Uh, no, you're not. I'm, I'm hip to his groove, daddy-o. Uh, no. No, I am actually into hip-hop. You wouldn't believe it, considering the way I speak. By the I, look at I you. actually enjoy hip-hop. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the music of uh, hip-hop. Tea? Do you pour your tea on the ground for your dead homies? I don't think um, I don't think the the way that a gangster rolls can af- can affect the way he can appreciate uh, the music of, of rap. Do you have gin and juice with your crumpets? <laughs> That's actually way more sort of I don't know what crunk than than like drinking uh, a forty ounce for breakfast. I think having gin and tonic and uh, a crumpet is actually a lot more gangster than people realise, and only the highest level gangsters in crumpets. in America are eating crumpets with their gin and tonic. I think you're losing your your respectability, right? As, really? as you're saying right now, I don't think that's possible. I don't you're, think I can lose any more than I already have. Levels of your street cred is going down. I don't have street cred. Yeah, I'm Luke from Luke's English Podcast. <laughs> there's no street cred here, although actually there is. There's massive amounts of knowledge and street cred going on I know the five rules of hip hop five elements of hip hop and this should be good yeah okay rapping yeah alright M- uh, which is otherwise known as MC yeah which stands for um, master of ceremonies ing or making cream making cream microphone controller ooh um, so rapping DJing mixing right, right. Mm-hmm. then you've got um some other disparate elements too, like for example, bling bling. Well, no, no, that's, that's not an episode. No, definitely okay. not. Um, Element uh, graffiti, arts, uh, graffiti work, uh, break dancing, right? Okay. And then fifth, just knowledge, general, just general knowledge, street, street knowledge. <laughs> yeah, knowledge of where well you're at, anything. where you've been, and where you're going to. Right. Like, do you have a pod? Does anybody say? Okay, so why can't why is it awkward when someone says, um, "What time it, it it is?" What time is it? No. We're like, what time is it? Rather than, can you tell me what time it is? That sort of thing. Where is it, or where where it, it is. is? Can you tell me where? What's it the difference is? between where it is and where is it? Well, where is it is a question. Where it is is part of a. It's like a clause uh, in a sentence. But what, maybe what you mean is the difference between where is it and can you tell me where it is? And where is it is a direct question and can you tell me where it is 
It's an indirect question. Oh, so this is passive. This thing. This is, what time it, is it? And what is the time? What time is it? What is the time? Um, no, it's not passive. That's just um, two ways of saying the same thing, basically. What time is it? And what is the time? They're, they're just two options, but it's not passive or, or, or active. See, I don't understand. And it's English. not indirect or direct. But can you tell me what time it is? That's indirect. Because the answer to that question is yes or no. No, can it? you tell me? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What? Uh, the answer to, can you tell me? The answer is either yes or no. That's why it's indirect. Rather than what is the time, there's only one answer to that, which is it's three o'clock. Which is direct. Yeah, that's direct because there's only one answer. But can you tell me what time it is? It's the burden of responsibility has been lifted slightly from the person responding. Because they, they can say yes or no, in right. fact. But they don't. They actually say, yes, it's three o'clock. Can I have a fag or give me a fag? Yeah, exactly. Can I have is a slightly more polite form than gimme, which is an imperative. Um, I think this is probably a good time to draw the podcast to a close. Yeah, you said that about an hour ago. I know. It's, you know but that just roll. It just rolls. It just keeps going. That's this has amazing. really been a, a pleasure to be a part of this Has podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'm really honored. Thank you. For... It's an absolute pleasure. Um, and I'll have to have you back again at some point in the no, future. No, no, that'll never happen. Really? Well, this I really... The pot de vin, the, you know what a pot de vin is? No. The pot of wine, blackmail. That's how you pay your blackmail, is uh, with a pot de vin. Uh, okay. It's the sandwich that you bought me oh, yeah. to be in the podcast was like, wow, dude, awesome. Oh, I, had to, I had to buy you lunch. I had to bring you something. That's right. And okay. it was a sandwich, ultimately. Otherwise, my stomach would have been making noise the whole yeah, time. You can't have that. It's pretty romantic in Paris, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Right? Love the city of love, lights, and adventure. And uh, on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Luke's English Podcast featuring myself. Luke Thompson, ladies and gentlemen, who performs Tuesday nights at the French Fried Comedy Night, which you can find on Facebook at French Fried TV um, and FrenchFriedTV.com. Also, you can find some videos of Luke Thompson doing stand-up comedy, actually. And he's, he's pretty funny. You'll love it. You'll like it. He's sexy, too. Well, uh, you've been listening to Luke's English Podcast. It's been a pleasure... And uh, don't forget to visit all the web pages that we've been mentioning. Thank you very much again for listening. Thank you, Robert, for attending. And until next time, it's bye, bye, bye. Yeah! Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.